0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is John 10. One of the great frustrations in a fallen world is having to live under ineffective leadership. And you've probably experienced that in many ways in your life. Maybe you grew up in a home where your parents didn't lead in a a biblical way. Maybe you have a job where you look at your bosses and it just seems very ineffective. It's not an enjoyable place to work. And this seems like an evergreen problem when we look at the realm of politics, or even many times you look at the leader's You voted for, and you still are kind of not excited about their leadership. But there is a leader who is perfect, there is a good shepherd, and his name is. Jesus. And in chapter 10, we will see the goodness of Jesus shine through. And even he will contrast himself to the ineffective and wicked spiritual leaders that the people of Israel had at that time in their religious leaders. And our response to this chapter should be hey, let's stick close to the shepherd. He is the good shepherd. Let's trust him. So Jesus builds that contrast between him and the religious leaders. He calls himself the door of the sheep in verse seven. And all who came before me are thieves and robbers. And that goes back to verse one, where he talks about the one who uh, doesn't go by the door, but climbs in another way is a thief and a robber. But there is a true shepherd who the sheep know his voice. And obviously Jesus will go on to say he is that good shepherd. Um, The thief, he says, this is a great verse in verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Uh, So their false teaching is not helpful. And and I don't care how good false teaching can sound, uh, right? We I think many of us, we were like, yeah, I don't like the Pharisees either. They seem pretty strict. I don't like that. I think more common in our day is the teaching that's, hey, do whatever you want. And hey, let's not talk about. The wrath of god let's not talk about sin let's just talk about love and whatever that means and it's it's much more appealing it tickles people's ear the right way but here's the thing no matter how good it sounds or how the people might try to cast it as well this is nice and kind no it is stealing killing and destroying jesus and his teaching leads to real and abundant Life, and that's a good thing for us to remember. Following Jesus, as much as the world wants to cast it, and even sometimes in our own flesh, we want to think of it as like, "Oh, that's hard." And and even though Jesus makes clear that you're taking up your cross and following Him, it also makes clear that is the path to abundant life, uh, and, and we need to see that here from the teaching of the Good Shepherd. And then it says in verse eleven. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And so we see reasons why Jesus is the good shepherd. He and he alone can lead to real abundant life. He leads with a sacrificial love. And many false teachers are actually in in it for what they can get out of it for themselves, where Jesus is in it to, to give to us. Uh, He leads even a growing flock. He says, and I have many other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. And I'm guessing most of you listening, you are not from a Jewish background. Jesus has made sure the gospel has gone out to all the earth, and he's brought us into his fold, and he leads with ultimate power. It says in verses 17 and 18, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my father. Praise God for a perfect leader. You may not have other leaders in your life that you really feel like you can look to, but there's at least always Jesus who leads to real abundant life, who leads with sacrificial love, who leads a a growing flock. And he sought and saved you. And he leads with ultimate power, even over life and death. Uh, We should want to stick close to him. And the good news is because he's the good shepherd, he's the one that ultimately will keep us close. Um, Listen to some of the things that he says later in the chapter. Um, There's another back and forth where they basically say, if you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And again, remember, if you're like, why does Jesus seem to duck these questions? It's because they're not good faith questions. They're trying to trap Jesus. And even uh, Jesus starts by saying, I told you, like it has been very clear. Yes, he is the Christ. He's saying, "I've, I've told you, but you do not believe the works that i do in my father's name bear witness about me but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep so there again when you think through god's sovereignty and human responsibility and how we really struggle with those jesus doesn't struggle with those he just puts them both out there i mean he rebukes them for not believing holding them responsible but then also says well you can't believe because you're not among my sheep god's sovereignty and he sees no No conflict there. He just puts it that way. You're responsible for not believing, but well, you can't believe because you're not a part of my sheep. And then he goes on to say, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. And even that statement, while it is loaded with implications, Jesus and the father being one in the context, he's really speaking of this purpose that they have to keep the sheep, Uh, that the sheep are in Jesus's hand and the father's hand is enclosed around Jesus's hand and no one is getting out of that. Um, And that's an encouraging thought that raises the obvious question that it seems to come up a lot in ministry. Can a Christian lose his or her salvation? And when, when I hear that, I like to respond, that's the wrong question the right question is can jesus lose a christian and i think these verses make it crystal clear he can't he won't he he won't lose any of his sheep and there is security in that and even though i'm saying hey let's stick close to the shepherd we do that even trusting he's holding on to me i think of when i take one of my young kids and i i put them up over my head to where they're sitting on my shoulders um when you're walking a long way with the kid, that can be an effective way to carry them. But at first, when the kids are little, that they are almost frightened by that being up on top of dad and, and they, they grab on to me. Well, that's good. And, and to some extent, I'm, I'm glad that they're holding on. That, that's going to help me. But at the end of the day, if push comes to shove, right, uh, how's that kid going to stay on? Well, because I'm holding on to them. Uh, yes, they should be holding on to me, but what's ultimately going to keep them safe is I'm holding on to them. And that's a good picture for us. Should we be holding on to Christ? 100%. Obviously, with everything we've got, but what's ultimately going to keep us safe? He is holding on to us And he has that power because he and the father are one. And we come back even to a discussion of the person of Christ and even the deity of Christ towards the end of this chapter. And you see, again, they are clearly understanding um, you are making yourself God. All right, They, they want to stone him in verse 33 because of blasphemy, because he's making himself God. And, and then Jesus makes a reference here uh, towards the end of Of the reading. Uh, to Psalm 82 where it uses the word gods to refer i believe to human leaders and judges. And what's going on with this argument at the end? I think Jesus is saying it can't just be about the words because even the Bible uses the word gods to refer to humans. So it's not just that we're using the words that's defending you clearly it's the substance that I'm not just using the word god I actually am claiming to be god. But again Then he points to his works and says, Believe the works that I am doing. And that is what God is calling us to do to, to look at what the scripture says about Jesus, to look at his works in the scriptures, and to believe in him he is the leader that we need. So as we think about sticking close to the shepherd even with the confidence that he is holding on to us, there's two questions I want to close with as we think about applying Luke John 10 to our lives. And the first is what in this chapter do you see about the leadership of Jesus that just sticks out to you that you can appreciate? What's something beautiful about the good shepherd that you can meditate on? Today. That's question number one. And then the second question is how specifically do you need to stick close to the shepherd? What is the trial or temptation that you are facing today? And what will sticking close to the shepherd look like for you today? Because there is no shepherd like Jesus. He is the good shepherd. He came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Let's stick close to him today.